Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is July 5th, 2021. This is your Fightful Post-Raw podcast. We got Denise Salcedo here with us. Denise, how you doing? Sup? Denise is in the house. You know, I never know what to say in these intros, to be honest. I mean, I asked how you were doing. You could tell me how you're doing. Who says how they're doing? Everybody just has one answer, and it's fine or good. Is it? Is it? Yeah. Are you doing fine? Are you good, Denise? Here's the question. Here's my question to you. When people ask you, how are you doing? Do you honestly give them a full 30 minute breakdown of what your life has been like? Why is it just like either fine or a 30 minute breakdown? It can't be a simple, oh, you know, one of those. Who does that? I I never once, never once has anybody been like, hey, Denise, how are you? And I'm like, oh, you know, that's not even even real verbiage. There you go. Oh, you know, that's that's how it rocks right now. Leave a thumbs up on this video, guys. Subscribe. Tap the bell for notifications. Please leave a thumbs up on this video. It helps people find us. Uh, I know that a lot of you are finding us because we dropped an Adam Cole interview today. Check that out. He talks about Tyler Breeze, Up, Up, Down, Down, Roderick Strong, Diamond Mine, Malcolm Bivens. Like, there's so much stuff that he gets into. Uh, And yesterday, we dropped an interview, uh, unfortunately timed, but uh, the Patriot, Del Wilkes, we had planned this interview. We did this interview months ago, and I had told him, hey, you know what? I'm going to drop, wait and drop this Independence Day. He was fine with that. Um, and unfortunately last week we lost the Patriot Del Wilkes. Actually, Denise was the one who told me she, she saw a post out there and that was, it was a shocker. 59 years old. Um, there are definitely plenty of things I didn't agree with him with on socially, but, uh, he's got a family. He was 59 years old and that is, uh, that's horrible. That's, that's a big time bummer. So sending our condolences to his friends, his family and his fans, and if you want to listen to 40 minutes of him uh, talking about his career, we did a hell of an interview. It was outstanding. I learned an awful lot from him. He talks about uh, leaving WCW because Hogan came in and he kind of saw the writing on the wall as far as being a patriotic character when Hogan's around, coming into WWF, signing a contract he knew he couldn't fulfill. He was very, very honest there, uh, but... Definitely want to send our condolences there. We also have an interview with Colt Cabana that dropped last week and the Varsity Blondes. And this week, we've got the star of the Vega wrestling family, the real one that matters, Denise, Savio Vega. I interviewed him. Uh, so I, I've got the the good Vega on Fightful. 
What do you got? You got some interviews this week, don't you? I got quite a few. Sean oh. Ross Sap. Okay. Oh, All right. Let's just mute Denise real quick uh, after she acted like that. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Denise. Well, I'm just saying, I don't even know. Oh, am I allowed? I was like, I usually plug my stuff at the end because, you know, yeah. I don't want to steal your shine, Sean. Well, I mean, you know? let's, let's be honest. I don't want to be like, you know, like stealing your viewership. I'm sorry. So I'm considerate of you and your okay. feelings. That is a so, good friend. And I so, wait to plug my stuff at the end because I'm so considerate of you. That's what we're going to do then. That's what we're going to do. You see? Uh, we got a super chat, though. Donate a super chat and get your question or statement read on the air. Uh, I would really appreciate that. It supports us a lot. Xanthius says, Cat Fantasy Booking, who you got? The artist Oliver versus Teddy Hart's Mr. Money, Master of the Feline Moonsault. Okay, so this is a legit true story. Oliver can do moonsaults, too. Stop I, it. I swear, I, I'll I'll take a video of it, but when you pick him up, he tucks his head backwards like that, and he likes it when you, like, flip him over. He even likes it when, like, you give him a little bit of a push through the air. Like, if he had his choice, he would soar from one end of the room to the other, but I don't feel safe doing that. And then he immediately runs back to you and is like, hey, let's do it again. Um, so all you're telling me is Oliver is extreme? Yes, he is. Is it Mr. Oliver or just Oliver? It's Oliver the cat. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Aaron Entertainment said, Mr. Oliver, did the Reds offer Denise a contract? I liked the comment that Hannah put that said, you need Tommy John surgery already. I saw that. I had to ask Sandra (laughs) what that meant. I was like, (laughs) he had to explain half of the comments on there. I was like, okay, is this funny? Is this a burial? Oh, is this a funny burial? Et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to say I got offered $7.32 million and I'm leaving my career as an on-air personality. And I am now joining the Reds. And as you can see, I'm a very fantastic pitcher. You are not. I I did a little bit of pitching in my day, and you are not. Oh, dear God, John, <laughs> do not even go there. No, please, God, uh, no. Do you, do you know what a knuckleball is? No, is it like a knucklehead? So it's it's a pitch that a few people throw. I could never throw one worth a damn, but a few people throw it, and it's not very fast, but the way the stitches tumble, it makes it look like the ball is weaving around. I want to see you catch a knuckleball. I caught one for the first time when I was like 22, 23. I didn't believe that my friend could throw one. And I was about ready to like duck out of the way. I would love to see you like in a batter's box. Take it. Yeah, like, sure. I think you know, I feel like, well, I was in the softball team and Were like, you? yeah, I was. Oh, I did. I did sports back in my day. Please. Tell I, me won some more. I, won, I was in track. I was in softball. Okay. I was in kickball. I actually went. I was, I was terrible at kickball and softball, but in track, I won a bunch of first place ribbons. You'd be surprised. Man. You don't know the old Denise Salcedo. Although I, I tried out for the volleyball team and I didn't make it. Okay. So really? And, yeah, and then I was in the swimming team for one day, but then I drowned. So I never went back. <laughs> yeah. Denise. Some random guy had to save me. I was like, because they had us doing laps back and forth, back and forth. And like, I got tired. My arms couldn't move anymore. And I think I just gave up. And I was like, you know, however deep in water, I was just like, Bleh. like my body just gave up on itself. And so I started drowning. And then after that, I never showed back up to, um, to, to, to swimming. It was like swimming or water polo or something. You don't even know what it was. Well, my mom, she was like, Denise, you should join swimming so that you can get a really nice stomach. Well, I drowned mom, so it didn't work out. (laughs) But you know what? Yeah, okay. You never know. I could have had potential. 
We have a lot of super chats. Brandon Charles Powell says, you two, oh, you know, you two are the best. And, uh, you know, Adam Cole interview was great. It was great. I'm very happy with it. Um, Seamus says, cheer dirt sheet man and boo the cat hater. Boy, I got a lot of those dirt sheet boy comments this weekend. You better believe that. Uh, Ken Shiro says, people really choose to be mad at Fightful for caring about quality reporting and a good product instead of the fact that wrestling news now exists. I can't do the impersonation of wrestling news now like like Steve can from Steven Larson. I know you don't know what it is, Denise. I don't even know what wrestling news now is. Good for Are you. Are they a thing? Good for you is what I'll say. Emma says, today's my 16th birthday. Can't think of a better way to spend it than listening to the Raw Review. Happy birthday, Emma. You're always so awesome to us. We really, really appreciate you. And we hope you have a good birthday up there in Canada. Uh, Riptide, birthday, Emma. Riptide says, happy belated 4th of July, Dong Lord and Dong Drop. Look, it's catching on your Dong Drop. You know that's You know what a Dong Drop is? It's a sperm, Sean. In- Anakin says, came across an old Bud- BuzzFeed video today, and imagine my joy to see an innocent pre-hammer Denise in it. You definitely found the worst item ever in the public bathroom. Hope you had a good holiday. Denise, what? We are already almost 10 minutes in, and I don't even know if we're near the review. What? What is this, Denise? Sean, there's a lot that you don't know about me. I've done a lot of cool stuff that I don't brag you about. You did a like little BuzzFeed before. work back in the day, didn't you? I did a little BuzzFeed <laughs> work did. back in the day. <laughs> I came on one of those videos where, and like everyone hated me too, by the way. But I came out on one of those videos where you talk about like your worst experiences working in customer service. And I worked in customer service for seven years. So like. I have horrible stories. Well, I walked in my first job at DC Shoes, a skateboard shop. Um, I walked into the fitting room and I saw a condom and like that totally happened. And so I told that story and like I told a million other stories, but they kind of, you know, pick and choose what they want to put on to the final product. Of of course. Yeah. But so there's that video up of me and I hate it because I had short hair in there and I just look really fat. So I hate that video. My God. Throwback says, thank you guys for cheering me up. I wonder if Denise could hit a forkball pitch. I don't think I could hit a forkball pitch at this point. She goes, but the, could the Red Sox sign Denise? At least there would be championship rings involved. I don't think so. Intangible. You know what? what? Watch. Someone's going to see my video, and they're going to be like, dang, you know what? That is the person we've been missing on our team. They're going to sign me and watch. Watch. I'm going to win some stuff. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, well, we do have some more Super Chats. Um, the Intangible One says, We need an Oliver versus Lori's cat, Terry, a.k.a. El Catador. P.S. Denise, did you know Sean does voiceover work? You know what's funny? That I'm pretty sure I've probably done more voiceover work than you, Sean. But nobody knows that because I don't brag about it. I mean, have you? What have you done voiceover work for? I did a, I did a whole mess of voiceovers for Magic Spoon the other day. They sent me like 10 boxes of cereal. It was really great. Off the top of my head, I did voiceover work for Spectrum. That's weird because nobody can hear you right now. So they wouldn't know what voiceover work you do, Denise. Sounds to me like you don't do any voiceover work because nobody can hear you. Cyclops says, we don't like quitters here on Fightful, Denise. Sean, I don't know how to... T- Podcast Wiz says, here for the Oliver love, my cat Bella says hi. Denise, don't do it. Don't do it, Denise. Don't do it. Matt McClure says, thank just saw your response. Thank you. Anakin says, Denise, you did not look fat. You looked good. 
<laughs> I don't even want to touch that comment. I'm not so, even going to touch it. Let's go ahead and get into the wrestling part of this show. Tegan Knox did a dark match before this show. Uh, Matt McClure says, looks like Vince is actually putting a lot of thought into the call-ups and freshening things up. Do you reckon these tryout matches are a good sign? Yes, based on some of the talent that I've seen. Now, there is some talent like Omari Palmer, uh, Odyssey Jones, who have not had an NXT run, Denise. But there are people like Karrion Cross. Scarlett was wrestling a match. There was Shotzi. There's... Bronson Reed, what are you thinking of these dark matches that we're seeing out of NXT talent? It's very interesting, I think, the way that they decided to go about this whole thing. But I guess at least the very, I think the bright side here of this whole thing is that there's a possibility that we're going to be seeing some new faces on the main roster. And if that's the case, then I'm 100% here for it because I think we can all agree that we need some more new, new and fresh faces on both brands, really. And that, and that's their own doing too. Uh, Nerd Guru asks if your slider would be called the dong drop. Maybe her 12 to six curve would be. And if you want a 12 to six talking about anymore, my slider yeah. Oh, is slider. it like a baseball term? Okay. Do you know what a 12 to 6 curve is, Denise? No. I just go to the games to eat, Sean. I only don't rare I rarely pay attention. And then I sing the little song in seventh inning, and that's like about it. Oh, and I do the wave and I eat. And then I zone out for the rest of the game. Well, if you want your curve to go from six to twelve, check out our friends at Blue Chew. Get that, Denise? The hands on the clock. Six, twelve. Oh, oh yeah, I get like it. I get it. I get, it. I get like, it. Like an erection for your penis. That's what Blue Chew gives you. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis in a chewable form. It gets in your system whenever you're ready, so you can plan ahead. You can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. You won't have to worry about the knuckler when you're dealing with bluechew.com code fightful and it's discreet as discreet as the delivery on your change up. And if you need a little bit of a change up blue chew has you covered. Sometimes it's about that confidence. You don't have confidence in that number one. You know what I'm saying? Right down the middle. Can't put it over the plate sometimes. So you got to rely on the crafty stuff. Not with Blue Chew. It makes sure your whole number one gets in there fast and hard. Don't swing and miss. Use BlueChew.com. Work with their licensed medical providers. They get the active ingredient you need. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. No doctor's visits. None of that. No, You won't have to be on the disabled list anymore with BlueChew.com. When you use the code FIGHTFUL, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Let her mitten catch that ball. Mitten. Mitten, Denise. Is it not a mitten? It's a mitt. Mitt. Oh, damn. I was working really hard on that this entire time. You don't say mitten? No. No? Really? No. Oh, man. Well, there's a... Cyclops says... My fiance is going to give me so much shit for that. Cyclops says, SRS, how is Adam Cole not called up? Vince's tripping. There are reasons. Probable cause says, roses are red. Denise's head floated in the pool like a buoy. <laughs> Dear Lord, sing Eva Marie on Raw is just poopy. Dirt sheet boy shirts now. Sh- I-, I don't know about the dirt sheet boys shirts. Throwback says, customer service does suck. <laughs> Trying working on cars and having people yell at you. Remember, I have your car's life in my hands. How about them, Raw? Let's let's talk about Raw. Let's actually. We, I don't even, I didn't even remember what we were here for. I was like, what are we even here yeah. for? This just feels like the roast of Denise Salcedo. Every I... single post show, Raw post show on Fightful feels like the roast of Denise Salcedo. Oh man. Well, let's talk about Raw. We're we're gonna get to this Ricochet John Morrison match where John Morrison beats Ricochet via countout. But before that, there was a series of promos denise some good some funny some were oh boy uh some some were something but uh we start with miz and morrison we've got riddle out there on top of a ladder we've got drew doing a history lesson what are what richie goodacre says can we cancel story time with drew dude all right so this has been something that we've been talking what are you bringing on to the camera now sean Oh, is it Oliver again? I mean, why don't you just make this a Sean and Oliver show? Why don't, like, why why don't you talk about here? the show? Why don't you talk about the because show? Because you're distracting me with your cat. How am I distracting you? Is it because Oliver's right. so beautiful? He's a beautiful Russian blue. He's blue? He looks gray. It's, it's because they're so gray, they look blue. You know, bluegrass isn't really blue. It's green. It's so green that it looks blue. Please talk about this opening segment. Okay, Sean. Anyway, so back to this opening segment. I hate to say it, but anytime we kick off with something that has to do with Miss TV, I already know that it's going to be going a little bit down the drain here. Okay. So just based off of that, I kind of felt like they shouldn't have done it this way. I think there could have been a better way to incorporate all of these guys who are in the money in the bank in a different way. Uh, And it comes to Drew McIntyre. We've been talking about the fact that he's been doing like these history lessons forever, but now it's becoming more clear. I think before was a little bit more not subtle but he would throw it in into almost all of his promos but now it's multiple times on the show we got it today in the opening we got it later on on the show so i kind of feel like it's now it's really like they're hammering us in the head you know over and over with it i'm not a fan of it and unfortunately based on a lot of people's twitter comments that i'm getting people are not really uh finding this drew mcintyre this version of drew mcintyre appealing or likable i think people are starting to get a little irritated which kind of sucks because this isn't something like i hate to say it but like it's not something that 
it's not a quality of a main eventer to essentially be having, you know, these, these history lessons. This history it's so lessons. Weird. Exactly. It's not the quality of a main eventer. It's a quality of a mid card guy or a low card guy, whatever the hell you want to say, but it's just, it's not working for him. If it wasn't for Matt Riddle in this segment, yes. literally the entire thing would have been trash. Like the entire thing, Matt Riddle literally saved it with, you know, um, you know, making that joke about being high up on the ladder. And that was funny. Other, uh, t- making fun of AJ Styles. And I, what did he call him? He called him um, Skipper. Skipper. Yep. And then he makes fun of his size. Like, oh, you're so cute. Then says, Amos, you're almost as tall as me or whatever the hell he says. But literally, Matt Riddle saved this segment. Yep. I completely agree. That was the only good part about this. I'm so done with the Miz. Correct thing. It, it ain't cute. It ain't heel heat. It's just like, uh, what was Ricochet doing out there? That little thing that he did that where he spelled out his name, that was bad. And Drew doing these these history lessons, like there was another one later on that he very clearly like added to. And it's just like, man, this this is not working. This is not working. Matt McClure says, so they're done building the money in the bank and just put stuff on. What was this episode? Why was it an episode? That that's the thing. That opening promo is just like, okay, how many interrupting promos can we get? And then AJ's out there and he's like, if anybody deserves, it's me. That's a trope I want gone to. I am so tired of the interrupting promo with, if anybody deserves a shot, it's me. It's me. I'm so done with this. But the Ricochet John Morrison match was good. We knew it was going to be good. It's always good. I thought the the finish was clever as well, like Miz using the the wheelchair to to keep Ricochet out. But like next week we've got a false count anywhere match. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. But at this point I'm like, okay, well, I, I'm excited for the match, but it doesn't really mean anything at this point. Did was the- when it came to the actual match, I didn't even think it was that good. Like they had two, uh, I think, yeah, it was the standing Spanish fly, which I liked. And then we had a really awesome DDT from Ricochet, which I liked. But other than that, I kind of felt like, I, I felt like the entire time they were pushing to recreate the magic from last week. And with them sort of, you know, replaying, you know, that, that, you know, uh, Ricochet, you know, diving off of the ring replaying that over and over again on the during the actual match even i kind of felt it was one of those things where it's okay you 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 hit you got some magic and now you're you know re-showing it to us over and over again and that's the thing too it's like look at when they did the whole like seth rollins cesaro uh wrestlemania moment that thing was overplayed and then when nia Jax had that whole my whole um comment that was replayed over and over again so it's like any time that the audience genuinely enjoys one little bit of something we gotta have it like shoved down our throats a little bit and i'm not that big of a fan of that it's it's the night where they boo who they cheer and they cheer who they boo fandangoing it's the coolest new thing come on let it be cool on its own and stop shoving stuff down everybody's throat chris says show suggestion before the first raw live smackdown Predict who's cheered, booed, over, ignored, lowest score to eat ranch and their pizza. Well, we're not doing that, but we'll do something like that on next week's show, I'm sure, which is taped, by the way. But I forgot to say, too, like, even with the finish of this match, though, it was like everybody and their mothers. Hell, you could be two years old and you were going to know that next week we were going to have this rematch again, though. So it's like, oof. I didn't like the finish, by the way. Kate says, Drew is Mr. Feeney with less wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mr. Feeney. Mr. Feeney's lovable, though. That's uh, the thing. Re- 
Wrestling Plug Inc. says Cubs need to sign uh, Team DWO throwing heat. I watched the Cubs lose on Saturday uh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, they, they, they could stand it. Mario says, keep up the great work, guys. Awesome job. My boys, I don't know. I'm not putting over your boys. I'm sorry. I'm not putting over your boys on my show. Uh, James Nepper says, I think these dark matches lately could be upper management previewing NXT talent for road shows. Dark matches with crowds for Raw and SmackDown. I think it's Vince's way of getting looks at people without having to spend much more time at the Performance Center than he did last week. Because, Denise, I had people who have been at the Performance Center for years, and they're like, Vince never comes here unless Raw or SmackDown's here. Oh, I read. I read your post on Fightful Select. You I mean fight, I'm you, subscribed. You mean FightfulSelect.com, the leader in breaking wrestling news? People can subscribe today. They can get Alex Pawlowski's Raw and SmackDown review. They can get my Q&A show every week. They can get my Backstage Report podcast every week. Then, then if they, they want 205 Live coverage and NWA coverage and Ring of Honor coverage, Steven Jensen's Weekender podcast is on there. And if they're into grown men opening up action figures, there's a figure hall show there too. Hot diggity dog. FightfulSelect.com, Denise. That one, the same one? We subscribe to the same one? It's the same one. Every month. Nerd Guru says, call-ups are hopefully a good sign, but who would the last successful one? Riddle and Bianca? And Bianca has only feuded with like two people since. Um, I would probably I, say Bianca because at least yeah. she won the Royal Rumble and got the title. See, we're measuring Rhea. it. From, yeah, Rhea Ripley too. But see, that's the thing. We're measuring it on a yes. curve. It's it's successful within the context of WWE main roster. It's not creatively satisfying, but it's successful. Asuka right. is one of the most successful women in wrestling history. Is she one of the most creatively satisfied women in wrestling history? I doubt it. But she's won Raw, SmackDown titles, NXT titles. Uh, she's been in WrestleMania title matches. She's won the Royal Rumble. She's won Money in the Bank. But most of her creative sucks, unfortunately. So I guess it depends on what your definition of good call-ups are, yes. or at least successful call-ups. Brendan, thank you for the nice super chat. He said, great baseball references in that ad read, Sean. Denise is awesome, but her cat hating deserves roasting. I'm sorry, uh, okay? I don't hate cats. I just don't favor them. How how on earth, Denise, mm-hmm. could sure. you hate this little bro? It's simple. Uh, they look very hey, terrifying. Hey, Denise. Why, why do you hate me, bro? Oh, my God. Your cat says bro? Yeah, of course. Why, why would my cat not say bro? I don't know. My cat calls me Mr. Bro. Like there's that's 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 a thing. Come I on. just think cats are very terrifying. Seamus says Rob killed a blue chew. That was one of the best blue chew. Uh one of the best actually it wasn't a blue chew read. Last week on the show after Miro uh beat up Brian Pillman, Rob said, Well, he's got a habit of bending blondes in half, apparently, based on his promos. It's his character. It's his character. He talks about how flexible his hot wife is all the time. I refuse to comment on that. I, I know. Intangible one, Cliff Beard says, can Blue Chew also provide us with a good old screwball? Yeah, it looks like it's going one way. It goes the other. Blue Chew takes care of all of that. We should talk about Monday Night Raw some more, though. Asuka, Naomi, Nikki Cross, and Alexa Bliss lose to Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Dewdrop, and Eva Marie. 
before the match, we get a pretty subdued Alexa Bliss um, warning the teammates. It looks like Asuka and Naomi are a team now. They've got matching like scarves or something now. It was the matching jackets. It was the matching jackets. Or at least the colors. Like the jackets aren't exactly identical, but the colors are. Yes, indeed. So uh, this match was not good whatsoever. The very limited amount that we saw Eva Marie was also not good. Even even those short bursts weren't good. Uh, Dewdrop missed her cue on breaking up a pin. This was not good, Denise. This match was weird. You want to know why? Because it was lengthy, but nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing really happened in this match. Like it was going on, but nothing was going on. It was strange. Nobody looked good in this match. Nobody. There was one moment that I liked, and it was when Naya and Dewdrop essentially just like sandwich Asuka. And that was about it. That was the only thing that I went, hmm, okay, that was it. I can't tell you anything else. And even afterwards, it didn't make – okay, well, look, when you have Eva Maurice announcing herself as the winner and then you have, you know, Naya obviously getting upset and Reginald's just like, no, 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 I don't get it. Why won't you just go out there and kick her butt? That seems like something Naya would do. Like, they spent all this time essentially, you know, making Naya into this badass, you know, babe or whatever. And now she can't even go out there and say, like, what the hell? Like, Eva, like, we all won this match. So I kind of thought it was a little bit dumb. The backstage thing where Reginald was all like, oh, there's Alexa. And then they didn't see Alexa. I thought, all right, so now Reginald's delusional. Have you guys not been watching Raw? So it was just a... The match was bad. The lead up into it was bad. And I it, it just hasn't been good with all of that all around. It wasn't good at all. The work wasn't good. The story wasn't good. Uh, but, but a bunch here's of these- another thing. I forgot to mention. Sorry. But even, even so, with Nikki essentially taking the pin, you had her doing this little, like, winning streak. Now, what's the point? Yes. Uh, so he, she didn't have a winning streak, if you remembered. But she had she had a couple of wins though. Couple wins, yeah. Uh, but Dewdrop screwed her out of that that one match, and she got beat. So she's won a couple. So if evidently wins and losses matter, she got on the mic and said, uh, "The winner is Eva Marie." I, that was actually my favorite part of the whole thing is just her continuing that deal. But not good. Uh, we've got we've got Richie Goodacre saying, "Why does WWE insist on protecting Nia?" I don't. I don't know that Samoan drop is one of the better ones she's done. So, so that's good. Kate Hensler says the women's booking is a heftier trash bag than the ones they use to send recently released talents home gear in equally as disrespectful. It ain't good, Denise. It's really bad. It's like, let's just lop them in together. And, and then the, the segment we're about to talk about was so lazy. You see, here's the thing, too, is that, like, we've kind of touched on this, I think, briefly. But, like, you know, you can say that when Becky left kind of thinks the women's division, you can kind of say, wasn't taken as seriously anymore. Or at least wasn't, you know, kept precious or however you want to say it uh, after Becky left. And part of me is like, okay, when Becky comes up, comes back, you know, things are going to pick up again. But I don't know. I'm really fearful of that. Of like what the picture is going to look like afterwards if it doesn't change is what I'm saying. Like if there's no change, it's going to be a little bit, you know, heartbreaking. We have a few super chats about this uh, as well, um, but this was just unfortunate. This whole whole thing. Drew Lytle says, "Do you think Bray and Fiend cost Alexa money in the bank?" 
of course they they would find a way to work a dude and <laughs> I hope not. I really really hope not. It would just be like, "Oh, okay. It wouldn't make I don't think it would make too much sense to be honest." Nerd Guru says the eight woman tag was abysmal. This show didn't do their women any favors tonight. And that face or heel, the Rhea Ripley enigma. I'm okay with people having a, a gray area, Denise. But what they have Rhea Ripley doing. They had Charlotte come out with a crutch and cut this promo about Rhea stealing her move. It's a chop block. I, there were two other ones on this show, Denise. There was one in the main event. Uh, who yeah. ca- who could possibly care? Who is writing this? Who is writing this? And she did it with my move. Man, I feel bad that Charlotte has to go out there and say this. And then they, I mean, I told you uh, probably like a month ago they were doing this. And this wasn't something that I knew ahead of time. Nobody told me, oh, they're, they're turning Rhea Ripley into the troll face meme. It was just my observation of this. And that's what she's doing, Denise. She is the troll face meme. If she was with somebody more sympathetic than Charlotte, it might work. But Charlotte's not sympathetic. She is the daughter of the one of the greatest, if not the greatest wrestler of all time. She's like five foot eleven and super jacked and athletic and the most accomplished woman in WWE history. She is not an underdog. She is not sympathetic. She is what you aspire to be and making it making Rhea play the troll face meme on her is so weird. See, here's the thing. This is my issue with how they had Charlotte come out and essentially, you know, pretend that she's injured and all of this. It's not who her character is. You know, a couple of weeks or since she's, you know, made this, you know, change in herself. She was going by the, I think it was the opportunity or the opportunist, something like that. The opportunity. There you go. And it's like you just mentioned right now, a lot of her accolades and it doesn't fall in line with who she is. Okay. So to have her come out and, you know, essentially like try to dodge Rhea or try to get one up on Rhea, whatever the case may be, it, it didn't fall in line with who she is. But here's the thing that I was like, oh, this is just not, this is not looking good. You have Rhea coming out and she's essentially, you know, with her crutch. And I'm just thinking, this is not doing her any favors. As a champion, she, she's looking silly. She's looking like, like dorky. You don't want your champion to come out and look dorky. Well, and they both look dorky with yeah, that crutch fight that they exactly. had Exactly, and then it got worse. They both get in there and they're hitting each other like two kids with those, you know, you and you're wrapping gifts and you're you're left with the little stick to like play and you you know you you start hitting each other that's what it was but and but they don't they hit they hit they each hit other's the clutches there you go uh. you're hitting the sticks it was not good and it didn't make sense for either of their characters and it just didn't it made the story the story hasn't been great from the top and it's just continuing that and you don't need to do this like nonsense with either one of them so for me this was a complete and total miss miss yeah and we got some super chats about this Richie Goodacre says they make their announcers look so stupid. OMG, is Rhea hurt too? Obviously not. Uh, I I did giggle a little bit over how extended this was. It was so long that it was stupid. And Orlando Orego says, love Nikki Ash and Eva Marie. They were the best part of the women's tag match. Low bar, but 
I'll agree with that. Um, did yeah. they call her Nikki Ash today? No, she's yes. still Nikki Cross. I don't oh, well, yeah, know. She's both. Her. She's both. Okay. We've got some other super chats. Podcast Wiz says Oliver with the run in. And Riptide says, I love cats too, but there's no denying that Oliver would kill you if you were six inches tall, Sean. No way. He is my crony. He would do what I say. He would let me like sit on, sit on his shoulders and he'd like carry me into town. He is my crony without a doubt. Norm Summers says, missed you guys. Not raw last week. Was it my first baseball game since the shutdown? Looking forward to live wrestling, but probably not AEW Raw. Oh, poor JR. Poor <laughs> JR. Uh, Joel Pearl points out that she had a custom Nikki Ash lower third, which is funny because I had a whole lot of people last week going, hey, they're cheap, buddy. They still call her Nikki Cross on commentary. They and do they call had her pay. Nikki Cross. Like, I, I heard know. Cross all over town today. All I was saying was that they they call her both. Hannah M. says uh, every time they say Nikki Ash, it sounds like they're saying Nikki Ash. She got dropped on her Nikki Ash by Dewdrop at one point. I figured they were going to go there, but they didn't, thankfully. Uh, Brendan says, gray area in a character can be great, but it has to be a consistent character that has logical uh, through line. Yes, I completely agree. For sure. When, uh, I don't want to make this an AEW show, but AEW has been able to do that or they did last year a lot better. They don't do it as much now, but last year they, they did that an awful lot. And there are some characters that I just think should be able to adjust from story to story and sometimes be the baby face, sometimes be the heel. Charlotte should be one of those. She should always be Charlotte, no matter what, no matter what Sasha is one of those people. She can be sympathetic or she can be an asshole. And I think she could do, um, either one really well. Exactly. And the way that it's been going with Rhea Ripley, it doesn't feel, uh, it feels very disconnected week to week. And that's the problem. Mansoor got beat by Mustafa Ali. What'd you think of this match, Denise? I thought that given that they have been, even though they've had very, you know, brief moments on Raw together, those brief moments have been very enjoyable. I thought that they yes. would have done these guys a lot better or given them more justice if they would have given them more time and uh, more to more in this match. This match really was very forgettable. It was nothing. It was a reminder of these guys are low card guys, mid card guys, whatever. It was just a reminder of that. Nothing. It, 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 I went into this thinking, oh, I'm ready to say, I'm ready. To, I want to see Monsoor in action. Like, let's do this. You know, I want to see this match. And I got nothing from it. Well, don't worry, Denise, because you're going to see it three more times at least. It might yeah. be on main event, but you're going to see it at least three more times. Now, this ends the winning streak. That's it. Mansoor's winning streak is now finally over. Uh, before this, Mansoor had not lost a match since August, or, or, or lost a match by pinfall since August of 2019 against Dominic Dijakovic, now known as T-Bar. Uh, that week he had lost on TV against Damian Priest as well. Since then they had built him heavily. It's amazing that once you get to the uh, main roster, it's like all that protection. For nothing. Done. Might as Done. well utilize it. Like utilize that, you know? And it's like, or at least have a blow away match if you're gonna, you know, not at least have a good match to remember it by. <laughs> this was this was nothing. It was nothing. 
Hannah M says, give JR a break. Raw play-by-play said Nikki Jacks got the pin. Man, I go through word soup all the time. So uh, any any shots that I, I take are, are playful only, no malice intended. Brandon Charles Powell says, Sean, I just realized your impersonation of the nerds reminds me of the SpongeBob, and I love it. Hey, whatever. You know, I, I, I have done a little voiceover work in my day, Denise, so it's not surprising that I can do a bit of a SpongeBob. Cyclops says, I've seen blinders with more charisma than Ricochet. Damn, bro. Damn, man. <laughs> oh. You know what? That's a good one. <laughs> well, we had Lucha House Party defeating Mason T-Bar. Mason T-Bar beat that ass for a long time. And they have actually been like kind of protected. Most people don't know this. But yeah, they had been kind of protected. Unfortunately, WWE doesn't really tell you that or let you know that. They think you're they make you think they're the same dorks that you saw if you happen to watch the show a couple months ago. But here's the thing, Denise. It's the fourth time since May 31st they've done this match. And they did it like even before that, too. It's like the fifth, sixth time they've done this match since March. Over and over and over and over and over again. And then Lucha House Party finally get the win after like losing, I think it was four or five different times. Raw and main event. Cool. Whatever. Who gives a shit? They're great. All four of these people I really enjoy, but who could possibly care? All right. Yeah. Nobody cares, by the way, because nobody cares about either teams very sadly, but we just don't care. But here's the thing with me is that like, I'm sorry, but Mason T-Bar losing to the Lucha House Party on Raw essentially tells us the viewers that we should not care. So maybe if there was a random person out there who cared just a little bit after losing to the Lucha House Party, you essentially don't care anymore. And the reason for that is this is not a knock on the Lucha House Party because they have entertaining matches and we know that there's a lot of talent there. But the problem is the way that they have been booked have taught the viewers, have trained the viewers that the Lucha House Party are just jobbers, and that's just what it is. So as much as I like the Lucha House Party, every time they actually get a win, it's surprising to me. I'm like, oh, shoot, they actually had the Lucha House Party win. And whoever loses, I'm like, ooh, it's not looking good for you. They've had six matches, uh, all of which went less than six minutes, 50 seconds. So they're not like getting a lot of ring time. Mason T-Bar had beaten them four times in a row, beaten them three times a main event, once on Raw. It's not their fault, but WDB has, has done these uh, done these guys dirty. Terry Allen Jr. says, any Def Rebel songs within your playlist? No, I don't really listen to a lot of wrestling songs outside of uh, TV. I hear them too much. Uh, Richie Goodacre says, wish main roster fans could see how good T-Bar is. Yeah, I do too. And I think you get glimpses of it in a match like this where you see him land some really good snug offense, but they they just, I, I don't know. I, he seemed like the kind of guy Vince would like. B. Barber says, watching Raw is like having to change a baby's diaper with explosive diarrhea. They're both shitty. Well, you know what? I appreciate that super chat. Thank you very much. Gender uh, rolls up on a motorcycle. And he cuts a pretty solid promo about Drew being his buddy and taking his opportunity from him. Sure. And then Drew cut a promo backstage that was not good, where he talked about uh, gender 
you know, at least having the balls to fight him. And you can tell like Drew wants to put over his buddy a little bit because they are legit still friends. What did you think of these promos before the match? Okay, so Jinder's promo I loved. I thought it was hilarious because he was mad that, you know, that Drew didn't bother to text him back in three days, this and that, and that he had a spelling error, and how dare he, this and that. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, Drew McIntyre, I kind of already expressed my feelings over this one, but the second I start hearing the any sort of – any the second I start hearing that he's going towards the history lesson direction, I tune out. I'm out. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't even need to hear this. Gone. It's hit. It's hit. Alistair Black in the closet vibes. It's hit Bray Wyatt backstage creepy vibes. It's it's hit a lot of that. Like these people can talk and they can talk pretty well. Paul Heyman for 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 about a year there was like it was very like you know that they're good. But it's like, what are they saying? They're out there just saying things to say it, to hear themselves talk. Uh, and Kinshiro says Drew's trying to audition for the reboot of Drunk History. And the line drive says, I feel like Drew just had his suffering succotash promo tonight as a top babyface in WWE. Didn't think we'd get here this quick. Drew McIntyre, like, I can tell you in my experiences with him, he is a really nice, down-to-earth, level-headed funny guy that's him however what he isn't is relatable denise me and you and everybody watching this show cannot relate to six foot four 245 pounds sirloin beef sons of bitch wrestlemania main eventer drew mcintyre can't no, you cannot. And see, I was trying to think, like, what is it about Drew that isn't sticking right now? And I think you nailed it definitely with that. He isn't relatable to to a lot of people. And it, I don't know. And it's just not helping. The promos are not helping. They got to find a way to, even if he's not going to relate to everybody, they at least got to find a way to make it work. And there was a moment where it was definitely working. If not, he wouldn't have been come, wouldn't become champion. The people wouldn't have popped as hard and all of that. See, like the people were behind Drew for a while there. And sadly, like, I think it was, I think it was a mixture of both things. I was, I think it was a mixture of creative, the lack of, you know, challengers and all of that, but also, you know, obviously COVID and not having a real audience to feed off of and an audience to be there to cheer for him and get behind his back. I think it was really a combination of all those things that kind of led to this, like, I don't want to say downfall, but this like yeah. decrease in interest in Drew McIntyre. And this is the thing though. If you were to tell me like in a couple of months, Hey, Drew McIntyre is going to be champion again. I'd be like, I'd be cool with that. Why? Because I still like the guy. So would there's be crazy about it. No. We've got some more super chats throwback saying, I guess Drew skipped history class. He didn't, uh, he hasn't learned from it. So he's doomed. Next thing you know, aliens will show up instead of zombies. Orlando Orego says they need to cancel Drew's story time or could it be his heel turn? I hate it and him. So these three super chats go in uh, with one another. Cool Joe 35 says WWE is ruining McIntyre. These stories are not going to go over with live crowds. And Aiden says, how can they rehab Drew's character? This is how I would do it. That Shades of Grey that I was talking about, I would do that. We've seen Drew be a nice guy. We know he can be. He is. But what got him over, Denise, much like Rhea Ripley, was kicking the living shit out of people. And I've said this before. I wouldn't have Ricochet or Drew McIntyre win Money in the Bank. Neither one of them. Instead, I'd have Drew inches away, about to 
about to pull it down and ricochet costs him. And then somebody else wins. And Drew doesn't care about them. He cares about Ricochet. He wants to mess up Ricochet. And he and Ricochet have some barn burners. And I mean, like, we're not seeing Rick, we're not seeing Drew smile and be like, he, he, he's like, no, I'm going to destroy you because of what you did to me. What you, he's blaming it on him. Instead of taking responsibility for all these, these things, nobody likes, likes a whiner. He's got to, he's, he's got to do something like that. Uh, I don't think they will though. No, I don't think they will too. I think they have a feeling that, and see, here's the thing is I do think that feeling mm-hmm. might still be right. Cause I just said, if, if you were to become champion, I wouldn't necessarily completely hate it. Okay. And I'm sure there's other people out there that feel the exact same way I do. But here's the other thing that I wanted to touch on about his promos is that I wonder how people from Scotland feel about it. Are they, are they <laughs> proud? Are they like, are they still into it? Or are they not into it? Like, that's what I'm curious to know, because maybe for us, it's like, well, you know, we're not even from there. And there's a bunch of people that aren't <laughs> from there. So I'm wondering if this is hitting differently to people that can relate to Drew McIntyre in that sense. So I am curious about that aspect of it, because Again, it's like he's only targeting like one demo audience and it's definitely not, you know, obviously not everybody since people are from all over. As we still have a few matches to cover, get your super chats in. Uh, We will read them on the air. Cool Joe says Drew needs to bring back Broken Dreams. He said he's going to push for it eventually. He said it in an interview uh, last week. I think it was the Battlegrounds podcast. He said that he's going to pitch for it. He said, man, He's like, as much as I get asked about it, you all better know the words because I'm going to be really embarrassed if nobody <laughs> sings it. Volob says, well, at least in the height department, I can relate to Drew. Well, there you go. I Me can't too. even relate, man. I'm like, odd. Me too. You know what, Sean? I hate tall people. Well, too, I'm at it. Drew faced Jinder Mahal. And this was a story that they were going to have last year, but they hot shot it a bit uh, this year. Bryant says, I have a bad feeling they're going to have gender cost Drew money in the bank. I hope not. I hope it's Ricochet. But I actually really, really liked this match with Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. It seemed to me, Denise, like the kind of match they have talked about having for a very, very long time. My only qualm is that after the DQ, Jinder again forgot how to do his finishing move that he has had for over four years. (laughs) He constantly does it. He forgets to clutch the wrist. You clutch the wrist. You go half Nelson with the other. You lift them up. You slam them. He always forgets either to cl- to grab the wrist or do the half Nelson. Poor guy. All right. So here's the thing. Uh, I didn't hate this match, to be honest. I feel like you would think I probably would, but I didn't. Here's the one criticism that I do have. I don't think that Shanky and Veer... Oh necessarily bring anything to the table they don't and they're they're the shits denise they're the, not good i didn't want to be nice i didn't, I didn't want to be mean about it excuse me because i didn't know how the general i didn't know what the general consensus was for these two good. guys but i find them very boring and here's the thing is like when the Singh brothers you know when they would come out with gender gender yes. they would always at least be like you know like oh like adding some energy you know doing this doing even if their role was just to stand behind him but these guys are just like they're just two big walls coming at I, you That's i do it. get why gender's character would be like well 
the Bollywood boys didn't do me too good for too long. So now I got bigger and better. I understand from a character standpoint why they do it, but these guys just aren't good. Like, are they going to be as heaters? I I hope so, because I think that's the best use of them. And I think Jinder's perfectly fine now. I've been watching his matches when he has them on main event and stuff. They're not bad or anything. He's he's better in the ring now than he's ever been. And you want to know what makes them look worse is that they're two big guys, right? And they're essentially out there doing nothing, okay? Think of, like, Omas. Omas is somebody that essentially for, you know, quite a a long, a lot of times he's out there. He's not necessarily doing anything, but he's, even though he's not doing anything, he's still doing something. Like he, he bumped just over the top head. rope for he did the the rumble elimination spot. He did the the back bump over the top rope. But like even what I'm saying is like even when he's not meant to be doing anything, when he's just meant to be standing there, he's still showing some sort of personality. He's still <clears throat> showing some sort of presence. Is what I'm trying to get at. So like when you have that, when you have somebody like that on the exact same on the exact same roster, and you're not half as interesting as that person, you got to step it up, man. And these are two guys, not just one. And Omos has a presence and has some natural charisma and stuff. It's it's like I think they, I think it was a, a shit or get off the pot situation with Veer and Shanky. I think they were like, well, we've got them, we've had them, we might as well use them. And if if they don't work out, they don't work out. But I liked the match. I liked Drew and Jinder. I thought they worked really well together. And it's like, well, like everything else on this show, it's got to happen again, and it's got to happen again, and it's got to happen again. I think there was a really good story in like a six-week just Raw, not pay-per-view. They just tell the story on Raw. Drew and Jinder, two guys who got fired. They were buddies. They became world champions, and now they're at odds. But they have mutual respect for each other. But WWE doesn't want to tell that story drawn out. Instead, they're just going to do this, and it's it's sad. Yeah, uh, I thought the finish was not impressive. And even though in that moment, you know, Shanky and Veer were supp- essentially their roles were to be like, you know, obviously these two big guys that, you know, just ruined this match, helped out gender, et cetera, screwed Drew and all of that. If you're going to do that, at least have the beat down look impressive. I should be like, oh, man, like, you yeah. know, these two big guys, they just lifted this other big guy or just something that should have been way more impressive for this finish and prior to that yeah like i said the match was fine but i did not like the finish whatsoever yeah uh we have a couple super chats intangible one says denise wasn't someone stealing your tweet tonight that was very weird but twitter's full of weirdos yeah i've been coming across some weird stuff and that was definitely one of them and i kind of felt bad too because like i don't know man like it was just weird. Yeah. I, mean, I was pissed too. Like people say like, oh, imitation is flattery. No. no. All I think about is how many, because apparently this guy was doing it for a while. And I'm thinking how many retweets and likes did he get with my my thoughts? Those are retweets and likes that I lost out on. <laughs> Matthew Karen says, legit not lying. Months ago, my father watched Enemy watching one of your reviews and said you had a great voice for radio. Hashtag voiceover. Bye. How about that, Denise? I like dirt sheet boy better. Sam Darnold says, wanted to thank you both for keeping us uh, from watching raw by doing the post show. Hey, uh, I'd rather do it than anything else. I am going to actually watch raw from 8 PM. Uh, it, when they go live, when they, when they go in person, like I gotta be there for the whole thing. What time like, did you start today? Nine 15 and Denise, I was caught up by 10. It took me 45 minutes to catch up. Oh, not bad. Not I mean, bad. that's terrible. That's terrible. That's terrible. Why is it um, terrible? Brian, you he says your power of your life. <laughs> Denise says your big old head makes you six four. 
And Throwback says Drew versus Ricochet can be amazing. There's history there from WWE's vault. They can use some of the past history in matches, like the match in a gym. Well, you can also use history when you go to FightfulMag.com, my friends. The uh, cover story is a Drew ma- or a Roman Reigns Kenny Omega dream match. Rather, we take a look at a lot of retro content too. WWF No Mercy, WWF LJNs, SummerSlam 1988. Then we have Taylor Hendricks and uh, the former Damian Sandow writing for us as well. There's so many cool different features here. Go to FightfulMag.com. You can get the digital or print edition now for July and August. And this stuff is not time sensitive. Like uh, most, almost all of our content is stuff that will will age very, very well. Uh, there's there's a story about an unconventional TLC match gone horribly wrong. Jimmy Van tells the story about how and why he got a cameo from Roman Reigns just to troll me. Uh, so there's there's that as well. AJ Styles Riddle, holy cow! These two can work good together. Matt Riddle might be the best seller in pro wrestling today. Uh, he's phenomenal, and they sold the foot. Omos swept the foot. I popped so hard for that Karate Kid spot where he's up on one foot, and AJ Styles is making fun of him. He's like, "Oh, you're Karate Kid now. You're Karate Kid now, huh? That's ridiculous." And then Riddle hits him with a crane kick in the face. That was such a funny spot because it clearly referenced that. And Karate Kid isn't that far removed from popular culture because they got the Cobra Kai show now. So um, I love that. I thought that was a good spot. I didn't like the finish. (laughs) I don't like a distraction finish. After all that work, that incredible work, that incredible, uh, that, that like, I don't even know what it's called. Oh, it's slipping my slipping my mind. The the torture rack into the slam. It wasn't even an angle slam this week like it was last time. This was so good until that finished, Denise. But what did you think of it? See, I'm glad that you brought that up because, yes, this match was good. I, I love the story that they were telling. But with that being said... Because of the finish, it kind of made it seem like, all right, if that's how they were going to go, why have this lengthy match? Why do all of this for then all of a sudden for them to have ended it in this way? I thought if they were going to just, you know, have this distraction with the Viking Raiders and Amaz, and it was such a silly distraction, too, because essentially AJ was distracted by them. He didn't even have to be paying attention to them. He didn't even have to be paying attention to them. So it was kind of dumb. But anyway, so... He, he gets distracted, right? And all of that. And I'm thinking to myself, if they were going to do this finish, they could have just ended the match a long time ago instead of making essentially Matt Riddle have to go through all the loops to the point where it became over-exaggerated. See, that's my thing. Because obviously, you know, uh, Matt Riddle's coming into this with an injury. So you have him do this long match. To me, it makes it more fake. I think if they would have ended this match sooner and had done that finish, I might have been, I, I still would have hated the finish, but I would have at least understood it. I think the fact that they elongated this match and then had it end that way only hurt what the, the story that they were trying to tell here. And it didn't make, for me, it took a little bit away from what Matt Riddle was doing. And that sucks to say, because I thought that the match was, was fun. 
But again, I just think that the length and the ending did not necessarily coincide with one another. And it was two two different stories that were being told there. And that was my issue with this match and why um, I, I really do think that they kind of ruined it there. A fantastic match that uh, that didn't need that finish. Hey, guys, uh, please don't post any uh, disparaging super chats about other people. I, I won't read those. I appreciate you for the super chat, but uh, I'm not here to take shots at anybody, so don't want to do that. Unless back- it's Denise Salcedo. Unless it's Denise. You read all the shots towards me. Uh, AR Forever actually sent a super chat, said, do you think the Riddle injury will lead to Orton being a part of Money in the Bank on his behalf to continue the storyline? Ooh. That's interesting. If Riddle's injury will lead to Orton replacing him in Money in the Bank. Well, all due respect to Orton, I hope not, but wow. You know what I thought for a milliscue of a second? What, so a milliscue of a second? Whatever. So, you know what? Now I'm not going to tell you what I thought because I had a <laughs> No, prediction. tell me. No, you don't tell deserve me. my prediction. Anyways. Come on. I want to know. All right. For a moment in time... <laughs> When they did the backstage segment with Damian Priest and Matt Riddle, I kind of thought that Damian Priest was going to work his way into saying like, hey, bud, you're not doing so good. Let me chime in here. I don't know. I kind of thought that they were going to do something along those lines where Damian Priest ended up replacing Matt Riddle. I don't know. That's what I thought. What are they doing with Damian Priest, the most naturally cool guy on the roster? And they're having him be the guy that reads recited lines and doing secret handshakes with somebody instead of wrestling. What that? Yeah, we needed Elias and Riker again so bad, right? So dumb. Last fan standing says the fact that gender has been champ and not Ricochet makes me sad. Gender <laughs> needs to get off my screen. Go to main event that no one watches. Man, that's that is aggressive. And y'all Bro- thought I was mean to gender. Throwback says not raw related, but get well soon. Tim Traver, thinking of you, bud. Fenway Park is waiting for you. We love Tim Traver. He is a great friend of the show. Uh, best wishes, Tim. Uh, get well soon, buddy. Love you and your dad. Um, hope you get better in a milliskew of time. Don't mock me, Sean. Why Don't mock me? What? could we possibly need more of Elias in, in Jackson Riker for, I mean, they, they teamed up Cedric Alexander and our truth. Oh, by the way, our truth gets run off by Tazawa and the 24 seven geeks. I hate just abandoning titles. I think there's so much cool stuff they could do with the 24 seven title. There's so much, but Denise, they haven't, they've done the same shit for over two years, for 26 months now, they're doing the same shit with the same people. I'm I'm done with it. Do something different or do away with it. Like one or the other. I'd rather you do something entertaining with it because it can transcend brands. It can transcend pop culture. You can do a lot of things with it, but you don't. It's lazy shit. Oh, these dorks are chasing these other people. Yeah, how'd that work out, work out for Amber Moon? She missed like a year because of that. Stop doing that stupid shit. I'm done with it. Elias and Riker, I'm done with it. I'm so over it, Denise. Cedric deserves so much more than what we got here. Because then Elias hits the bricks and Cedric gets pinned really quickly. Cedric Alexander has upside. Cedric Alexander is good. Jackson Riker is not. This this Jackson Riker push is puzzling to me denise for many reasons i lived through kenzo suzuki and renee dupree and luther reigns and eric escobar and all these people that they thought 
because they they were broad in physical stature, they could do something. Except, Denise, there is a 10-year track record of Jackson Riker being on American television and not getting over. Not getting over for a decade across NXT and across Impact Wrestling and across WWE main roster. A decade this guy hasn't been over. And it's gotten worse, progressively worse, as the time has gone by. I don't I I think that I don't even know. This is just so bad. It's bad. I think that they made Elias look they've been making Elias look very foolish. And I get Elias. Who has a track record of getting over Denise? He's gotten over a bunch of times. He has. He really has. I know there were a couple of people that were telling me, like, well, Elias is not good, this and that. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but there was a moment where Elias was definitely getting over with people. There were moments where I personally enjoyed watching Elias. And I can say that I don't necessarily think I've ever felt that way about Jackson Riker. But even then, it's just been like the whole strap match thing was cringy. This was just bad. Like, at least make it good. I, I don't know. I don't even know how to say Good it. Good like, luck, buddy. I don't even know how you would make it. You got to make them likable first. Midwest Marks say, I legit turn off Raw until Jackson Riker is off my screen. Richie Goodacre says, crowds are going to boo Riker out of the building. I'm here for it. I don't even know if they'll boo him. I think they'll see him punk him. I think they'll what him during his, his stuff. And I don't want to see anybody get what chanted. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But I think I think we're going to get crickets. And Nerd Guru says, frankly, I hope it's crickets. Because then it would be canned. Do you guys get the feeling that Eva's going to get crickets? Uh, I think she'll get booze. No, I actually think that Riker will get booze. I think Eva will get crickets. Really? Yeah, I see it the opposite way. Or at least with Riker, it's going to be like half crickets, half booze. You know, kind of like it was with Hogan. You know, so I do think that's what we're going to see with. I don't think Eva is going to get booed. I think it's just going to be like a bunch of, you know, just silence. Anakin says, I was at the Raw. Elias debuted in the ring. Booze were so loud, couldn't even hear him sing. What a waste. Elias should be a special attraction. And he was when crowds were around Denise. He didn't wrestle a lot. He would do his songs. He would do that. He is the troll face meme, not Rhea Ripley. He is. Whether he's a baby face or heel, that's just what he does. See, and now you have Rick Boogs on SmackDown doing the music stuff, and he's getting over, and it's kind of like, oh, they got to find something for Elias quick before he ends up, you know. I mean, it's like you already have Rick Boogs doing this on SmackDown now, and people like him, and they're killing Elias on Raw. Uh, Hobbery Duncan says, I remember when I really wanted Elias to beat Raw or Rollins on Raw for the Intercontinental title. Yeah, uh, it seems how, look how far we are removed from that. And Mike JC says, is it me or did Elias look legitimately miserable tonight? Like he doesn't care about what he's doing anymore. I wouldn't if I were paired with this guy. And uh, beyond like the, the personal stuff, it's just like what they're doing now is not even making the most out of him. If they could maybe find something else, I would rather him be one of Gender's guys than the two guys that he has. At least this guy can bump without like or, or do a move without hurting somebody. Uh, Havari says, WWE should let them have full creative over 24-7 title. I wish they would let somebody else have creative over it because it was so bad. Orlando says, thank you, Sean, for that, chant, that rant. Here's a super chat for that. Bravo. I just can't believe that they think that it would be any good. Um, 
Allen says, time to remove the 24-7 title and create a women's intercontinental title to bolster a stale women's division in the mid-card. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to do that at all. Brandon Charles Powell says, had to look up Eric Escobar. I had no recollection of him. Exactly. Uh, last fan, I already read this one, buddy. We had some matches announced. We've got Eric versus Omos, Ivar versus AJ. Sure, whatever. Uh, and then we've got a couple of rematches next week. Humberto versus Sheamus. Sheamus is finally cleared. That is great news. I'm so glad. I bet this match is going to be awesome, but Sheamus has already beaten him, and they've already done this five freaking times. And we've got Ricochet and John Morrison, last uh, or, or false count awesome. anywhere. I bet this show is going to be really good in the ring. They're taping it this week, so we'll see how that goes. Then the main event. Uh, Lashley cut what I thought was a pretty Damn, good... I forgot about the main event. I thought we were exactly. done recapping Raw. I, I mean, there's not a lot that you need to... There, there's not a lot to it, but I thought Lashley's promo backstage was very good. It was very impact uh, Lashley-ish. It was like he remembered that he was like the baddest dude out there. Do you have any thoughts about it one way or another? Yeah, I thought Kofi was the star of this. I mean, oh, I didn't even... Did, did we even mention his promo that he cut earlier in the night? That's what I was just fantastic. talking about. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I spaced out for a second because I was trying yeah. to remember what I thought about this match. Anyways, but yeah. okay. So I loved I Kofi's literally been on fire. Okay. Like he's, he's been on fire. Today he just took it to another level. And here's the thing, too, is that even today's promo was very different from last week's promo, where last week it was more, you know, emotional and serious versus this one was more, you know, obviously more hyped and all of that, you yeah. know, all of that. Uh the match itself. That's it. Kofi was a highlight. Everything else to me was practically non-existent. And I should tell you everything because I didn't even write down notes for this match. And I, I hate to say it, but even going into it, I did not care. This felt like a very, very huge step down um, from last week's main event. Yeah, uh, I, I like all the ingredients involved. I'm glad that MVP is is wrestling again. Uh, Midwest Mark says terrible Raw, but the main event was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. It was just... Ultimately inconsequential. We knew who was going to win this match. We knew that that MVP was going to get pinned, and that's how it was supposed to be. Uh, Nerd Guru says, this story has to end with Big E winning the title at SummerSlam. Imagine Big E and MVP promo battle, that pop when Big E beats Bobby. I'm completely with you. I think Big E versus Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam is the move, Denise. That will be like the people's main event right there. Like, Two big sirloin beef sons of bitches and a guy that has never reached that mountaintop facing a guy who for a decade plus didn't reach that mountaintop and did. I so badly want to see that at SummerSlam. The people definitely (sighs) want it. I got to figure out what I'm doing for a post show at SummerSlam because you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. I don't trust anybody to do a suit uh, up. SummerSlam post show, but me, Jeremy will go rogue. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't know. Well, I don't know what your plan is. I don't know. I don't know. Mike says, so great seeing Lashley as champ. LOL at Denise saying she didn't think she would have, he would have a long reign. And I did. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong. I mean, we can't, can't predict them all. Nope. I thought he was boring in the beginning. I'm sorry. Intangible one said Cedric's wife, Big Swole, just tweeted this. All of us watching Cedric get pinned by little Hogan with a gif of Eddie Murphy. Oh, my gosh. And Joel says we could set up a live one. I've considered doing a live, like, on-the-scene thing, but it depends on, like, 
video reception and all that. Wait, wait, a live post show at the location? Maybe not at the location, maybe a nearby location, depending yeah, I was on say like a nearby location. Like a nearby yeah. location could possibly work. It would start a little bit later than usual, but I mean, our viewers pick up later on anyway but i mean i've got to figure that out for a number of events this this summer and i fall. was gonna say you could like well i don't know where you're staying but i'm just saying like maybe like a conference room like rent it out or maybe something. yeah maybe tyler woodward says i woke up for the main event shows how bad raw was i didn't think it was like the worst it was just there it does seem like a holding pattern until live fans but denise we can now technically say next week live fans next week on smackdown I can't wait. It's going to be, uh, I don't even know if I have the right words for it. It's going to be exciting, weird, uh, yes. scary a little bit because, you know, obviously they need to get it right because you don't want to have yes. fans that are essentially like, oh, we were, we came back and this is what we're getting. Nothing's changed. All right, cool. We need to see a little bit of a change is what I'm trying to say. Well, guys, please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I know I had that cheeky little plug earlier, but today I did break some news on Chad Gable's contract status in WWE, and that isn't the only person I'm breaking contract news on this week. I've got a lot of it coming up, so uh, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Dirt cheap, man. Subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I can't tell you how important that is, especially around the beginning of the month because we lose a bunch of subs. Uh, So help us, help push us to uh, dirt cheap gad levels i would really appreciate it and also about 21 minutes ago denise fightful turned five years old happy birthday five years ago tonight i did the first fightful podcast with vince russo do you have any words sean you should give no. a speech Five years. I mean, I'm very happy. Um, I was like, I remember when we started this, I was like, oh my gosh, how will I possibly like do this? Am I okay? Am I getting away with something by getting this job? As it turns out, I'm pretty fucking good at this job, Denise. I'm all right at it. And we've got like an awesome staff and awesome mods and awesome writers. And not only that, not just the people that have succeeded at Fightful. We have had people with bylines that have gone on to be executives in wrestling companies. We have had people that were on our show that went on to be signed by WWE, a bunch of them, actually. Like, that's so cool. We, we've got wrestlers that will hit us up and say, we want to write for you. That's unlike anything I could have believed. And I mean, even now, WWE starting to recognize our, our footprint and they're they're showing us some love and I greatly appreciate that because i've been very outspoken for a long time and wwe i want to say that wwe has been wonderful for me to deal with the last month or two so that's been really awesome it makes me feel like like we're doing something right like they can't possibly ignore us as of right now and that makes me happy um i'm sure we'll talk more about it on the listen you boy wednesday 3 p.m eastern jimmy van is back uh the founder of fightful so we'll be talking about that. Uh, Kate Hensler says, happy birthday. And Hannah did get a byline so she can get a job. But, uh, oh boy, Omar Diaz says, Sean, will you ever, ever challenge for the champion? I don't I don't think so. I think that's a wrestle talk thing. And I like doing stuff with them, but I think that's a wrestle talk thing. Denise, 
it's time for you to plug your stuff. Yeah, Sean, going. I said a few words about your five-year, you know, birthday, and you went off on like a whole thing. I'm proud. It's my <laughs> life's work. Yeah, you were all first. You were like, oh, I, I'm not going to say anything. And then all of a sudden oh, you were do like, I oh, have well, here's, to? you know, thank you this, the Academy. I thank the Academy. And you wanna, were all like, you I know. I want to thank, most importantly, I want to thank Oliver, the cat. I want yeah, to thank lovely. You know what, Sean? Don't think you're like, what, almost two-year co-host on, you know, your Raw show. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I'm not even here. I haven't been. You know, I've only missed one work day, and that was it. Anyways, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I had an interview with Frankie Monet, with Raquel Gonzalez, with Tommaso Ciampa, uh, with Havoc, with uh, Cody Diener. I mean, I just have a bunch of interviews that are also coming out. So if you get bored of Sean's, you can come watch mine. Why not both, Denise? Why not both? Because, Sean, like I always say, it's called show business, not show (sighs) friends. Where where all are you going this this summer and fall that you know of? Like for wrestling travel, I got Nashville. I'm going to Denver, and I'm gonna do like a walkthrough of a toy store there in a couple weeks. But I got Nashville not this weekend, the next weekend after that, then Denver the next weekend, then Vegas in August, then Chicago in September, and I'm trying to decide about St. Louis in November. So SummerSlam mm-hmm. and all out. Ah, ah. Guys, thank you all you so much. You already knew that, Sean. I, I just wasn't sure. You never know. You never know. Again, I got to plan like these post shows. You might be doing a solo anniversary post show, Denise. I don't know if I'll be back You're in time. Me? I mean, I'll be in Nashville, but I don't think I'm going to actually be at the show. And then once once Impact starts taping, like they don't stop taping. Isn't Steven like, supposed to be on the show with me? Is he going to be there too? I don't know if he'll be there too. I don't. I don't have any idea. We'll let you know. We'll okay, keep you. thanks, thanks. And thanks Hannah M says, Oliver, the artist. I might sell his art. I, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you all so much. I know these raw reviews have gotten long, but you guys keep supporting us, and I appreciate it so much. Join us for the list and your boy Wednesday, the distraction Thursday. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.